Good morning and welcome everybody to Shelter in Peace here at the Quest Radio. I'm Mari Cleveland and I'm with my co-host Josh Harris and we are broadcasting live from the AM 1160 studios in Roswell, Georgia. We are glad you're here. Josh, isn't it great to be here together today? Oh, it's a blessing to shelter in peace with all of y'all. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, And so we, the reason, just to remind everybody, the reason that we're here is because we just want to create this opportunity for you to have a place where you can shelter in peace as you're sheltering in place or as you're slowly coming out of sheltering in place, we want you to have this time where you can um, just relax, just relax and focus on Jesus. Have some time where we share some scripture, where we share prayers, where we share wonderful things that are happening um, in our Catholic community and where we encourage one another. And so that's what this time is really about. This time is really about focusing on Jesus because he is our rock. And this morning, as I was um, reading various devotionals, one of the devotionals that I read really struck me. And I wanted to share it with with all of you. Um, Think of this as if Jesus is speaking to you. And he says specifically, he says, focus your attention on my presence with you. This continual contact with me will keep you in my peace. Moreover, I will help you sort out what is important and what is not, what needs to be done now and what does not. Fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And it goes into reminding us from the word of Isaiah. So let's just pray the scripture back to God. He loves it when we pray scripture to him. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. and We praise you that you do give us um, yourself, that we can fix our gazes on you. We praise you that you are our Abba Father who wants to pour out your mercy and your love and your peace upon us. And Lord, we read back the scripture from Isaiah 26. And we thank you for the truth in the scripture that says, those of steadfast mind you keep in peace, in peace because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord God, you have an everlasting rock. Lord, we praise you and we thank you that you are our everlasting rock. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. So um, speaking of an everlasting rock, it's very fascinating. Some of the themes that you'll hear in our, in our time together today will be that rock. And obviously, as Catholics, a lot of times when we think about the rock, we think about God being our rock, but we also think about God naming somebody else as the rock for his church, um, Peter. And so we'll talk about Peter a bit. But the reason we're talking about Peter is because there's something very exciting happening today here in Atlanta. Uh, We have the installation of our brand new Archbishop, Archbishop Hartmeyer, and um, we've been waiting for this for a long time. So we're very excited that today is the day we actually here at the Quest will be live broadcasting his installation mass at 1230. So stay tuned in to us and we'll be able to bring you that live broadcast of the installation mass. But um, a lot of us are curious to know a little bit more about Archbishop Hartmeyer. So Josh, can you share with us and with our listeners um, more information about our new Archbishop? Absolutely. I've got a few fun facts that I found on his Instagram page. I'm just kidding. I don't think he's on Instagram, but I have some amazing facts about this. It's really interesting. 
was born in Buffalo, one of four children. He joined the Franciscans out of high school, the conventional wow. Franciscans. Yeah, like right away. I mean, you're talking about like immediate responding to the call. That is, um, that's impressive. I was not that holy in high school, but <laughs> mad props to this guy. Incredible man of God, obviously. Taught in high school, ordained in 1979. He uh, also was a high school principal at St. Francis, ironically. You know, I mean, that's the... Uh, I don't think that <laughs> was a, a coincidence. Yeah, as a cool. Franciscan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 15 years. Now, he has some experience in the Atlanta area, or I would say in the Atlanta just region in general. He was 15 years ahead pastor at St. Philip Benizi Parish in Jonesboro, Georgia. One year at John Vianney. Uh, in Lithia Springs, the pastor, and I hear he has a charism for preaching and teaching. And I think this is pretty cool. He saw the Pope like I, I think about a month before he was insta- uh, installed as the Archbishop. So obviously the Pope knows what's going on at this point. But he said the guy didn't even he didn't crack, didn't drop a hint. <laughs> so no this wink. was before the announcement. That yes, been exactly. Oh, that's you great. see, I think that was his quote in the. Um, Georgia Bolt, and you're like, man, the guy could have just like dropped me a wink or something, but <laughs> as cool as a cucumber. So, um, and there are actually 25 conventional Franciscans serving as bishops worldwide, and three in the United States. And I like this quote that he said uh, when he addressed the uh, archdiocese. Atlanta has grown so significantly for all kinds of reasons, but faith has also grown in Atlanta. And that is something we must keep in mind and continue to work towards evangelization and formation of our people. And I think it's really cool, personally, um, when you have somebody um, who was in a religious order you know, in this position of, you know, shepherding and, and, and I guess you would say power because, you know, th- I think it's just a, it's an extra notch of holiness to take that vow of, um, you know, of poverty. Mm. So I think that's really, really cool, um, to kind of break outside the mold and had that kind of shepherd. So I'm excited. We'll see what, uh, what yeah, happens. Yeah, I'm very excited. It'll be great to have him and have him joining our, our bishops who've been working so hard for our city and, um, so we welcome him today. So just all of us, if we can just pray for him, just pray for Absolutely. him as he comes and moves here to Atlanta. He's got a, he's, he, he did not know when he was a first um, appointed to be our new archbishop, what kind of a situation he would be walking into, wow. right? Yeah. This world is so different from what it was even a few short months ago um, mm-hmm. when he started making his preparations to come to Atlanta. So obviously he needs our prayers. We will continue to pray for him. And um, yeah, just exciting to see what he's, what his vision, his thoughts are for us. So when, um, when we were talking about this week and what we were going to be sharing, and we knew that today was going to be the day of the installation of our new archbishop, it did call to mind um, just the thought of our first bishop. So by both tradition as well as scripture, Peter, um, St. Peter is our first, our first Pope. So where does the line of archbishops and bishops and all come from? You know, that, that whole line of leadership within our church. And it started with, with Peter. And, um, so I was just going to open with that scripture, um, for all of us to remember what happened And this one. I'm choosing, um, the account in Matthew. So in Matthew 16, this is when Jesus has just come into Caesarea Philippi and he's talking to his disciples and, and he starts to quiz them and he starts to ask them, you know, who do people say that the son of man is? And they had a variety of answers, right? They talked about, well, some people say that you're John the Baptist and some people say Elijah. 
um, or maybe a, a prophet like Jeremiah. Um, and then he said to the disciples, and he said it very specifically, and I think this is something for each of us in our own hearts. He said, but who do you say that I am? Isn't that an awesome question, Josh? Yeah, I mean, thinking that really cool. if somebody were to ask you, who is Jesus? You know, that's such a, who do you say that I am? Wow. And so Simon Peter was the one who answered. He spoke up. He spoke up and he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And if you think about back then, that was pretty huge. He's These are Jewish men. And he's saying, you are the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting for all of these years. You are the son of God. Um, and so Jesus answered Simon Peter and he said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So in other words, Peter was already anointed. God, the Holy Spirit, God was already talking and revealing things to, to Peter, just as, just as God wants to reveal things to us. And Jesus continues on and he says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And um, to me, that is just so cool to recognize that that's where he got to with Peter, but that wasn't the beginning of Peter's story, right? Yeah. So um, that's part of what's so fascinating about Peter is recognizing what happened at the very beginning of Peter's story, yeah. right? And who was he as a person? And what does that mean for each of us and who we are and what God can call us to do? Um, so if we back up just a bit and start thinking about, okay, so Peter was one of the very first disciples that Jesus called, right? So Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. He runs into Peter and Andrew, brothers, and they're fishermen. And um, and so he calls them, you know, he calls them and he, he tells them, um, you know, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So not just fishermen, mm -hmm. but I'm going to make you fishers of men. And it's fascinating when we read about Peter and all the different accounts of Peter in the Gospels. Um, Peter was pretty brash. You know, he was pretty impulsive. He uh, sometimes lacked self-control. Um, he was he was also really all in at the same time. He was um, very passionate about things. And he got himself in trouble sometimes, too. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So. Some of the various things that, you know, Peter did when you think about him being brash and impulsive and passionate, you know, he's the one he argued with Jesus a few times, different times he argued with Jesus. I think there's even that famous time where Jesus had to say, you know, I rebuke you, you know, Satan, get away from me. Peter was speaking in a way that just really wasn't helpful to Jesus's yeah. ministry. So, um, or at the last supper when Jesus wanted to wash Peter's feet and Peter's like, no, you don't, you can't wash my feet. You know, I don't know how the other disciples felt sometimes with Peter fighting and arguing with Jesus about things. And, but then G once Jesus explained things, that's when Peter would be totally all in. Okay, no, don't just wash my feet, but wash my, you know, right. Yeah. My head and my whole body wash all of me. And he's also the one who walked on water. You know, he was the one who kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. Jesus said, come on out here, Peter, just walk on out here. And Peter was the brave one, the brash one. He walked on out there. He walked out out there. He walked on water. And then he started to realize, oh, gosh, what am I doing? And his faith wavered and he started to sink below the waves. And then he looked back at Jesus again. And I think that's what we're really called to do is called to come out of, out of our circumstances, out of what's going on with 
ourselves right now, what's going on around us, you know, being drowned in some ways, um, just by the things that are so difficult and terrible and frustrating and challenging and keep our eyes fixed on on Jesus Mm -hmm. and just keep following him. And so it's interesting how, how, how Jesus, how God took Peter, who was brash, impulsive, um, passionate, and we haven't even gotten to the whole denial thing, which I'll let you talk about a bit, Josh, but how he took him and he used those same character traits Mm. to make him into the first Pope, to make him into this great evangelist. And I think for us, there's some hope in that and recognizing that each of us is created um, for a purpose, for a reason, the way we're put together, our styles, our um, our character, uh, um, our characteristics are all created in a way that God can use in amazing ways. But we've got that choice, right? That choice that came, we saw even all the way from the garden where we've got the choice to say, um, I'm going to use it for my fleshly in fleshly ways, or I'm going to use it for your good Jesus. And so God needed somebody like Peter who was brash and impulsive to be willing to step forward after Pentecost and be willing to preach and evangelize. And Peter was the one. He's the first one who stepped forward afterwards and was preaching to all the people that we read about in Acts. We've been reading about Peter and the Acts of the Apostles over the last few days and weeks, and and thousands were converted. Thousands of people came. Peter was brash enough and bold enough to listen to God when God said, go to the Gentiles, because that was unheard of as well, right? That this covenant that was supposed to be just with the Jewish people, no, it's meant for the whole world. And God revealed that to Peter in a dream. And Peter said, okay, I'm going to go beyond outside of the bounds of what I thought and do what exactly what God said. But it was only because Peter was already brash and bold, but then used for God's purposes, that brash boldness is what made it so that Peter was the one who was creating miracles just like Jesus did and raising people from the dead like Jesus did. I had forgotten that. Yeah. You know, when we were reading in Acts this week, I'd forgotten G- that some of the miracles included raising people from the dead, and Peter did that. It was so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so Josh, as you reflect on some of that, as you reflect on the fact that we all have these you know, character traits and um, ways that we are, and we can get discouraged by them, or we can say, hey, if we turn these over to God, he's going to use these character traits to do amazing things for his kingdom. What are some of your thoughts around that? Well, I just think, you know, for me, what I see with with Peter is especially that I think God can take the worst of times and turn it into the best of times and, and yeah, alley-oop yeah. it into... Um, something truly magnificent. I mean, I think about this this scripture here, you know, um, where right before you see Jesus uh, or Simon saying, well, Jesus saying to uh, Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded that uh, to have you that he might sift through you like wheat, but I have prayed for your faith that you will not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. He said, I tell you, Peter, the cock cock will not crow three times uh, uh, that you will deny me. Let me read that again. I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you three times deny that you know me. Mm. And so then you have, you know, so you see Peter, this incredibly bold 
of angels. I mean, he just, I mean, recently, I guess, had cut it off. Uh, was it a, a guard's or a centurion's yeah, so ear with a, with a sword? Yeah, so it was the uh, servant of the high priest, yeah, yeah in the um, garden. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird anyone just carrying around a sword, but that's another conversation. <laughs> um, you know, this is a real-life Dungeons & Dragons, I guess. But So then you, then you, 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 you fast forward, and um, you see Peter three times denying Jesus to a... To a uh, uh, this this maidservant, and I think this last line is so uh, chilling, you know, is when he says, and the, Peter said, man, I do not know what you were saying. And immediately while he was still speaking, the cock crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter mm. and Peter remembered what the, the word of the Lord and how he said to him before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Mm. And so you not only have this denial, then you have eye contact with Jesus himself. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like time stands still. And you go, you see that guy who was afraid of a, a little girl, essentially, right, and professing right. his faith, to dropping the first sermon in Acts and, and converting 3,000 exactly. people, you know? And I, I think that you see Jesus, like, embrace him with such mercy and, and gentleness and love and tenderness later when they reconvene. And you would think, man, like, when you see Jesus at that point, Christ is like, well, you know, you blew it. <laughs> this is it. But instead, what does he get? No, he get you know he gets breakfast on the beach, yeah. an all you can eat fish buffet essentially, <laughs> and I think that's just the interesting thing is he gets promoted to pope. So it's like with Jesus, Jesus the only savior that you can turn to in the midst of your weaknesses and failures and faults, um, to where you can actually get a promotion yeah. afterwards, right? And I think that goes back to Romans eight twenty eight. You know, he works all things together for good mm -hmm. for him who lo love him and are called according to his purpose. So, I mean, I've certainly, my, my life is certainly filled with those moments, especially I, I think of one that sticks out pretty loud is, uh, is, uh, is with uh, addiction. You know, I, I struggled pretty, um, pretty terribly. It almost robbed me of everything. And, you know, just at my absolute, uh, but I'd like to make excuses, you know. I only drank on special occasions, like Monday <laughs> mornings. No, oh, just kidding. My gosh. It's bad news. But you know, gratefully, thanks to uh, the good Lord and twelve step recovery, you know, I, I I found a way out of that, or He gave me a way out. And you know, through that program, my sponsor not only led me to sobriety, but then led me to uh, to faith. Yep. To Christianity, and then eventually Catholicism, and sponsored me into the Catholic Church mm. through RCIA, right? And so it's another example of like a snapshot of Christ taking the worst thing and turning it into the best thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point, and it is fascinating, isn't it? That as you just said, I love how you just said that. That basically, you know, our Lord is the only Lord and Savior. That when you have fallen down. He doesn't just pick you up, but he promotes you. He yeah. gives you an opportunity to walk into this great, amazing fullness. I mean, he tells us, he says, I want you to have life, not just life, but I want you to have abundant life. I want you to have a, this huge abundant life. And also I want you to have eternal life. It's, yeah. it's amazing thinking about that and recognizing that we can beat ourselves up. And that's what the evil one wants us to do, right? The evil one wants us to beat ourselves up for those aspects of our personality or our character that um, can get us into trouble. You know, maybe you're always the one like Peter putting your foot in your mouth, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time or, or coming up against authority in, in um, 
bold and maybe not so wise ways like Peter did. But Jesus saw these these traits in Peter, and obviously God had put those in Peter. And he thought, you know what? If I can just keep him keep him fixed on me, if I can remind him to just keep on being fixed on me and yeah. walking in my will and my path. And he heard Peter's. He heard Peter because Peter, even at near the very end, before right before Peter denied him, Peter actually did tell Jesus. He said, "I'm willing to go to prison or even to die for you." You know, he mm-hmm. was sold out. He was all in. Totally. Yeah. And so God was saying, "Okay, well, Peter, you know what? I need that holy boldness. I need somebody who has that." And I think each of us, you know, Josh, I look at you and I think you're so brave to talk about your addiction. You're so oh, brave to you. talk about ways that. Um, the fleshly part or, you know, the evil one kind of took you down this path that was destructive to you. But God took all that was in you and he has now taken your, your passionate self. He has taken that nature. You know, a lot of times when people have addiction, addictive natures, they also have really persistent natures. You know, they're very dogged. They're very persistent. They're very determined. And um, that's the part of your nature that God's using in beautiful ways now as you as you do all of your work um, in uh, in the pro-life movement. So if you are just tuning in, I just want to remind you, you are listening to Shelter in Peace um, here at 1160 a.m. The Quest. And we are here to just offer you hope and encouragement during um, this time when maybe sometimes we forget that there's wonderful hope and encouragement and our hope and encouragement comes through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so that's who we are um, praising today and talking about and talking about his word. And we're also going to be um, praying some prayer requests. So if you do want to reach out to us, Annie is actually manning our Facebook page right now. You can look up the Quest Atlanta on Facebook. And if you do have some prayer requests, and we just have had a couple of come in. So I would like to go ahead and um, pray for some of those prayer requests that have just come in, as well as those um, that uh, we heard about from listeners a little earlier this week. And So, Lord, we praise you. We praise you that you are our Abba Father who does give us grace and peace and mercy. And we also thank you and praise you that you are our our Jehovah uh, Rapha, our God who who heals us. And so we are asking right now um, as we pray for... Kay, who is nearing death right now, Lord, we just pray that you are going to welcome her into the light of your presence. We pray for Michael, who's a young man in hospice, and Michael is just praying to be able to receive your sacraments today, Lord. This is from our listener, Elise, and we just thank you, Lord, that um, you offer yourself in such beautiful ways through your sacraments, and we pray that Michael can receive um, these sacraments today. Um, Lord, we pray for all of those who have lost so much, for those who have lost things because of this pandemic going on, whether it's their jobs, um, whether it's their savings, their finances, um, and especially, Lord, for those who've who've lost loved ones. And we just pray for your mercy and for your comfort and your peace to come upon them. Um, we pray for uh, healing for those who not who not only are sick, but also for those who are succumbing to um, sadness and sorrow and depression. So we do pray for healing for those people as well, Lord. Um, we also know that you are the God who provides. You are our Jehovah Jireh. So we ask for provision as well, Lord. We ask for you to provide for the needs of all of those um, who need you so, so much. And Lord, just like we talked about, you can take all things and make them new. You can take all that is negative and make it new. You can work all things together for the good of those who love you and called according to your purpose. Lord, we just ask you to call us. 
call us, help us to help us to focus on you, help us to know you and help us to um, surrender ourselves in humility so that we can do that. Um, and Lord, we also just pray a prayer of praise and thanksgiving for those who continue to offer themselves, to surrender themselves, to um, offer all that they are on the front lines to give for others, those who are serving the poor, those who are in health care, those who are even just um, our cashiers and our baggers of our groceries, all of those on the front line, our postal workers, all of those who are working so hard to, to make sure that we are still um, being supported in so many ways. And so we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are heading to break in just a few minutes, but um, before we had to break, we forgot to remind, let you know that we are going to have a mystery guest like we do every week. And so to kind of cue about, up a little bit about our mystery guest, what we've been talking about right now, we've been talking about our new archbishop, we've been talking about um, Peter, and we've been talking basically about leaders, about leaders and um, the ways that God calls us each to be leaders. Um, that's one of my roles, my my real job when I'm not volunteering on the quest is um, I'm a consultant and I teach a lot of leadership and two of my most favorite leadership attributes are humility um, and somebody having a great vision. And so when you think about, you know, Peter's brashness, there wasn't, didn't seem like there was a lot of humility there, but at the same time, when he offered himself totally and fully, he followed after the humility that Jesus also shows us as well. So there's a lot of humility in that humility, being able to learn and to grow and offering yourselves totally and completely to God. Um, it takes a lot of humility to hand over your agenda. And um, that's essentially what Peter did. He left his fishing nets and handed over his agenda. You know, Archbishop Hartmeyer has left and he's following the call wherever God calls mm -hmm. him to come next, right? Um, but also a vision. And so we just pray for the vision that Archbishop Hartmeyer will have for our city, um, for our uh, for our state, for our Catholic community. Um, and then we also pray for all of those leaders out there who need a vision that they would turn to Jesus for that vision. And so after our break, we are going to get to hear from some uh, a gentleman who's representing a group that does do that. He uh, they, they really help men identify how to be leaders and how to have both that humility, have that vision and how to be more effective in what they do. Um, so we'll be breaking in just a couple of minutes and meeting him and Josh, he's a friend of yours. So I'm going to end up, you're going to get a chance to introduce him to our listeners right after the break as well. So, um, before we head to break, anything else that's on your, on your, your thought wheel there, Josh? Oh gosh, you all, I'll try to cram it in. Let's see. Um, I think the one thing I think about, we've talked about the redemptive nature of Christ and, and how he redeemed Peter. I also think that it reminds me of that snapshot of the, the good thief on the cross, you know, mm. and at the last minute he turns to Christ and he says, I'll be with you, you know, in paradise. Uh, you'll be with me in paradise today. And I think this is somebody who was probably a murderer, you know, or, and he thought his whole life was done. And yet when he turned to Christ at the you know, at the buzzer, mm. his name gets etched into eternity, not just on in heaven, but on earth within the Bible. Yeah. Right. And it yeah. just reminds me that, you know, with Jesus, it's never too late to be great, no matter how, no matter the depth of our mistakes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And so um, you are listening to Shelter in Peace. Stay tuned. The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. 
I was at mass a while back and my child was about three years old and I was trying really hard to keep them in the pew and quiet. You know how it is, ladies, right? When you're wrestling with little kids. Well, he was about to lose it. And he's like, I know, I know. And he starts getting restless and he starts, of course, it's a moment of like consecration. And he starts yelling, I know it's Jesus. So my husband picks him up. Matt's running down the aisle and my three-year-old is yelling, it's really Jesus's body and blood out the door. I was mortified. I go to apologize to the priest after I'm praying. I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I'm so sorry, father, please forgive me. And he's like, no, are you kidding? You're a little guy. I need to apologize to you. That was the Holy Spirit. I've been praying, Lord, how can I teach my parishioners to know that it's truly you present in the Eucharist? So you may think that you're dealing with just a crazy wild toddler, but it could be the Holy Spirit working in and through him. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. The Quest invites you to pray the Unity Prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. It's a good day, good day to be alive. Everyone sing now, so let's do more than just survive. That's what I'm saying. Don't lose sight of all the beauty that surrounds you. So welcome back to Shelter and Peace on AM 1160 The Quest. Once again, I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Harris. And right before the break, we promised you that we had a mystery guest who would be joining us. Um, and I'm just going to set this up just briefly, because yeah. as both a wife and a mom, this is something that's very close to my heart. Um, we've been talking about leaders, and we've been talking about Peter, we've been talking about Archbishop Hartmeyer, and I just think that sometimes in this world today that our men are not supported and encouraged to be the leaders that they can be. And um, I, my husband's amazing. Um, I love my son, and I just pray that he really walks into his, his God-given role as a leader in the future. But sometimes I see around us the culture really beating guys down, you know, and not encouraging them not encouraging them um, in some ways. And, you know, we look at the media, we look at... Um, common television and things like that that I don't actually don't watch anymore, but they always make the guy off to, uh, to be some kind of a goofball, right? And that just always breaks my heart when men are not treated um, just with respect and with um, just with encouragement and supporting them. So so that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit here as we welcome our guest on here. And as I said, 
Josh, this is your friend, so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and welcome and introduce our guest here today. Yeah, well, I have the privilege of introducing this wonderful gentleman. We are uh, buddies in real life, and he just does so much for the faith and the growth and integrity of uh, men all over our community. Um, his name is Matt McGee, and he is part of a very, very special uh, ministry called Fisher of Men that is really all about equipping and developing leaders to being all that God has called them to be, especially within the context of uh, uh fathers and uh, just men in the community. So um, he was incredible and was part of the spearheading effort to bring this very popular ministry down to Atlanta. Um, so I'm going to uh, pass our first question to, well, why don't I let Matt introduce himself. Matt, how are you? You there, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having me so much. And I appreciate the introduction, Josh. Oh, man, we're so blessed to have you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what is Fishers of Men and, uh, you know, why was it started and what inspired you to bring it to Atlanta? Yeah, thank you, Josh. So Fishers of Men uh, puts on an annual event called Men's, Men's Morning of Spirituality. And it's an annual event and with the focus on men seeking a deeper relationship with Christ and a greater unity with other men in the Catholic faith. Our number one goal is to awaken the Catholic man to have a desire with, with the, for an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's kind of at the heart of who we are and, and what we're trying to do within the movement. And we're trying to address the, the man crisis that we have in the Church right now. And just a, a few facts that many of you are probably aware of, but I'd like to share with the, with the audience right now, is um, 11 million men have recently left the, the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, 36% of the men that only attend Mass on a regular basis. Um, and of that group, 2% of their children will go, go on to attend Mass if, if their wow. father is not a, a regular Mass-goer. Wow. So. Oh my gosh! Wow. Well, we need you all more than ever, man. That's that's incredible. So, um, what inspired you to bring this to Atlanta? How did that transpire? Yeah, uh, great question. So, the event originally started in Memphis, Tennessee, years ago, uh, by a gentleman named Dave Kevern, uh, who's just a, a phenomenal Catholic leader and and, uh, and mentor of, of many men. Uh, and then Tony Federico, a uh, friend of mine and many others here in Atlanta, um, had the opportunity to, to meet Dave and um, decided it'd be a good opportunity to bring it down here. Now, in Memphis, they started it because they, they did not have a, a chirp or a welcome going on there at the time. Um, so that was the main you know, direction there in, in Memphis. Now, here in Atlanta, obviously, we have a very vibrant uh, uh, a Catholic community, and we have opportunities like chirp uh, and welcome. Um, Crisio. Uh, but so f- for us, the thrust was a little bit different. You know, we realized that there was still a need, uh, and there's some key, uh, you know, differentiators between uh, men's morning of spirituality and uh, fishers of men and Crisio. Uh, the number one difference being the fact that f- in regards to chirp and, and, uh, and welcome is that this is not a parish specific event. Uh, and we thought there was a lot of value in that because there's not opportunities really for men from across the Diocese of Atlanta to come together for a one-day uh, Catholic event. So for us, that was one of the main drivers. And then when you look at 
um, you know, events like Rocio, which is not um, specifically parish-driven, uh, it is a bigger commitment for men. And there are some men out there that maybe they don't want to take the leap of faith. Maybe there's, um, you know, some scheduling issues, or maybe there's some, maybe some insecurity things that they're dealing with that they don't want to commit to a full weekend. And so we saw that as another benefit as well, uh, because of the fact that men's morning spirituality uh, is a, a basically a five-hour commitment. Mm. 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 And I've personally been twice. It's it's fantastic. Great speakers, great fellowship, and you know if you're struggling, free breakfast. So <laughs> get down on it. <laughs> That's great. So what other things happen at this event? You said it's a men's morning spirituality. It lasts about five hours, and as we just heard from Josh, there's great breakfast. There's yeah. some fellowship speakers. So can you tell us a little bit more about what happens at the event? Absolutely. And and Josh hits on, on, on a funny but great point. You know, the breakfast is a great way to kick the day off. So we kind of kick that off with a, a social hour. So there's breakfast. No, normally there's awesome Chick-fil-A biscuits that we all love. Uh, yeah. And some coffee. It's an opportunity for, you know, two, three, four hundred men to get together from different parishes. So you'll meet guys that you didn't know before that, you know, that share your Catholic faith. It's an opportunity to hear their stories and see what's going on with them and uh, and network with them a little bit in the morning. Um, directly after that, we kind of assemble uh, as a group in the auditorium. And uh, at that point, our MC, uh, which is someone that changes every year w- within within the group, uh, will kind of set the tone for the for the day for everyone. We normally go with a theme, um, and we'll kind of uh, uh, get get the spiritual juices going with some music and. Uh, and setting the tone for what you're going to experience throughout the day. Mm. Um, after that, we'll normally take a short, short break and then come back in. And, and then it really, you know, it, it gets, we, we get down to the heart of the matter. We, we have a witness right after that. And, and that's typically somebody from the Catholic community mm-hmm. who stepped up and said, hey, I'm willing to put myself out there in front of four or 500 men that I don't know. And I'm going to tell them my stories, uh, my story, my, my ups and downs, and, and my journey with Christ and, and how he, he picked me up fr- from the ashes and, and where I'm at now. And it's, it's a powerful part of the day. If you've ever been to, to, to Chirp or now it's welcome, um, you know, it's, it's similar to that kind of witness piece of that. Um, but, you know, there's, there's something really special about a, a man being able to step out on the stage in front of four or 500 guys not from his parish, but from across our mm. sides of Atlanta, and and you know, just it, it you know, it brings tears to my eyes to think about this the strength that you know that takes, and so he'll share that with you, and then that gets you energized, and and then we we realize that we're men, you know, together in this faith, and we're you know we're trying to lead, and that is also part of what we're about as fishers of men. Yeah. Shortly after that, we'll we'll take a br- another break, and then we'll have our keynote speaker. Keynote speaker will be more specific on a on a general topic uh, about spirituality and about their life. So less less of a witness type thing, more of a an actual topic and and a direction with that topic. Um, after that, we do have an opportunity, and this is a really powerful thing about the event too. That's just beautiful. We'll have thirty to forty priests on site. Wow! I mean, yeah. when when does that happen? I mean, that's just we just love that about the event. And, and you have a chance for reconciliation, mm. you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we're all there together as guys, you know, or, you know, our or, or, or wives aren't there. 
um, and our kids aren't there. So it's just a chance to focus on us and, um, you know, our brothers in Christ, and, and more importantly, the, the sacraments. And so we look at that and we say, well, you know, the sacraments are not meant to condemn, they're meant to heal. Mm-hmm. And there's another kind of jumping off point for a lot of men, because as we go through life, we're, you know, we all make mistakes. We have trials and tribulations and ups and downs. And if we get to a point in life where we can't come to the sacraments, and we can't, you know, come clean with, with Christ about, you know, um, you know about where we're at and, and, and what we've been through, then we start to think of the sacraments as more of a condemning as, as opposed to healing. So it's an opportunity there for that for during the day. And then we also have adoration going on during that time period. And then right after all that, we go straight into Mass, and we have a beautiful Mass celebration on site there. Um, and then that pretty much wraps up the day. Um, one very important part that I did uh, skip over is uh, we have a ministry fair on site. Last year, uh, I want to say we had about 15 different ministries. These are from all different parishes, um, and it's, it's a powerful thing. The idea behind that is, hey, we're all going to get together. We're going to get on fire. We're going to get fired up for Christ. And then, so let's put that to action. And it's kind of like what I was tuning in before, before I was able to join with y'all. And uh, we're talking about, you know, authentic men in Christ and, and manhood and being able to lead. Mm-hmm. And our society tells us nowadays that that's not, you know, we're supposed to diminish that. We're supposed to temper that. And uh, we, d- we don't believe that's true. We don't believe that's what, what God uh, wants of us. Um, we believe God wants us to be you know, strong leaders for our family and for our church. And that's a big part of what the event's about as well. That is great. That is great. You know, and as you were saying that, I was, I had this amazing image when you were talking, especially about the, the 30 priests there and the opportunity for, for reconciliation. And I thought about Peter. I flashed back to Peter, who we were talking about earlier today, and how, you know, Peter messed up. He messed up in some big ways. And he had Jesus right there to say, I forgive you. And when, when Jesus came back, you know, when he came back from the dead and he spoke to Peter um, and he forgave Peter and he gave Peter this amazing mission. And that's what you've got there, right? You've got all these men who are there who may have fallen, who may have made mistakes like Peter did, who may have been told um, that they were less than or told that they didn't have what it took to be a leader um, who were torn down by people in their lives or maybe by society or even by their own sin. And you've got Christ there in the person of the priest at reconciliation, once again, looking them in the eye and saying, I love you and I want you to be um, healed. I want mm-hmm. you to be healed of this so that you can walk fully into who you are as a man of God and as a leader that I'm calling you to be. That was just um, just a beautiful image to think about during that during that day, the, during that day of um, men's morning of spirituality. So um, how, you know, you, you speak very passionately about this, Matt. It's so great to hear you tell about this. How has it impacted you? What's it, what's it done for you? Wow. Um, there's, uh, in, so, in so many ways. I would say the biggest impact specifically on my life is the community of men mm-hmm. that are involved with this event mm-hmm. and um, just the brotherhood with that. And then also the opportunity to to be there and be of service and to be able to help put on an event like this. And that's why we really hope that men will reach out to the men they know and bring other guys, and um, and and we can grow this into something really amazing here in the Atlanta community. But I can tell you specifically, being in line 
with several guys throughout the last three years uh, in front of me or behind me. And I've, I've had a guy come out of reconciliation in tears mm. and, you know, give, give me a hug and, and say, man, it's been 30 years. It's been mm. 18 years. Wow. It's been 22 years since, uh, since I did that. And to see the, the wow. you know, the look in their eyes and the weight off their shoulders, um, it's powerful. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's been very, very moving. I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity. That is amazing, and when when we do when we do come into the light like that, there's so much more we can do. You know, we've got listeners asking, and this was something we were going to talk talk to you about as well. I know that you mentioned to us that you do this during Lent, so you actually just had your event earlier, I guess, in February, right? Um, so your so your next event is going to be next February. So um, God has you know planned it so that we are we're not going to miss anything because of this pandemic, you're still able to do a lot of preparation. So tell us about that. It sounds like you spend from about now until February getting ready for this next event. Is that true? It is, absolutely. And if any of the listeners um, want to take another step and actually get involved with the, the planning committee um, and, and, and or the setup for the planning of, of Men's Morning Spirituality, they can visit mmosatlanta.com. And they can send a message directly to us and just put something in the message like, hey, I want to get involved or I would like to be on whatever. You can just fill in the blank there. I would like to be involved with the ministry fair. I'd like to be involved with operations or the planning committee. Um, and we'll get that message and we'll get back to them ASAP. Um, and if you just want to go on and kind of look at the website and get more information, you can go there as well. That's mmosatlanta.com. Okay, mmos, because it stands for Men's Morning of Spirituality.com. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll try to get that up on our Facebook page as well so that people can, can reach out to that. That's wonderful. Okay. Well, um, Matt, thank you so much for um, for your just explaining this amazing ministry and what it's done, what it's doing in your life, what it's done in the lives of of other men as, as well. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we ask you to close our time um, with some prayer? I think we covered everything. I just want to thank you for the opportunity and, and uh, thank uh, you both and Quest for all the good work you're doing in the, in the community with the, um, here in, in the metro area and uh, for the Catholic community as, as a whole. So thank you for that. Oh, you know what? I did think of one more thing. I'm sorry. Before we have you pray, I do remember that one of the one of the big pieces of this was helping equip men to be leaders. And there's some specific things that you guys do to help them equip them to be leaders and um, how you encourage them in leadership in their parishes. And I want to make sure we really drilled on that a little bit too, to make sure people understood what happened. This isn't just, this isn't just about come enjoy this five hours with us. It's a lot more than that, right? Can you speak to that just a bit more? That is so perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. That is like, that kind of cuts to the heart of, of what it's all about, right? I mean, the morning is wonderful and, uh, and everything that goes along with it, but the end goal is for us to, um, to get fired up and to get directly involved. So the call to action from Men's Morning Spirituality is, hey, yeah, come spend the morning with us and, and, and take in the witness and the speaker and, and please go to reconciliation and, and enjoy the Mass. And then take that energy and that fire that, and, and from talking to the men and, and visit the ministry fair while you're there. And think of something that you're passionate about or something that you want to maybe lead your family in and say, hey, as a family, we're going to get involved with mustard seeds or we're going to get involved with you name it. There's mm-hmm. so many wonderful ministries there. 
And so the, uh, the main thrust is that, like, go back specifically to your parish and get involved with something. And that something might be, hey, I want to get involved with Fishers of Men. I want to help mm-hmm. with the planning committee, and we would love that as well. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up because that is the, the driving force behind all this is to, um, to call, equip, and, and lead men um, to, uh, to specifically lead their family and the church. You know, you bring up something, too. I, I think how, how important it is, I mean, to be an authentic disciple. It's like Jesus said, if you do it for the least of them, you do it for me, right? And so I think, you know, he modeled greatness as service and in serving, and y'all are equipping people to be servant leaders. And it's, you know, I, I got to help others because, like they say, I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. So <laughs> that's some pretty powerful me- medicine <laughs> as well. So thank you for that uh, tremendous thumbprint you were leaving for God's kingdom, my friend. That is great. And so awesome, would you John. would you be willing to, to offer prayer with us? I would love to. I'd be honored. Thanks, Matt. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day that you provided us. This is the, the day that you have made, and let us make the most of it. We want to ask specifically for prayer for all those around the world that are suffering from any kind of affliction or illness right now. Anyone ask for, for your grace and kindness and and mercy over all those that are consumed with fear and anxiety. This is a very uh, fearful and anxiety-filled time uh, with a lot of people with for financial reasons and, and other uh, family and health concerns. So we just ask that you, you place your mercy on them. In your name we pray. In the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Matt. Have a great day. We love you, brother. See you. Thanks for having me. Love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was awesome. That was awesome. And I just love um, how you just also brought up servant leadership. And that's so critically important. You know, as you said that, what it made me think of is my own husband, because, um, you know, my husband, each of us has our own way of walking into our leadership, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and so for my husband, it's not usually about going to a men's Bible study or something like that. He's very active and he likes to be very active. And so the ministry that he led our family into was Amigos for Christ, um, which is a beautiful ministry where we go down and work in Nicaragua and bring water to villages and build schools. And and he and my son have been, um, and my daughter and I have gone several times as well, but he and my son have gone seven times. Wow. Once a year from the time my son was about 11 or 12 years old. And, um, and then my son ended up, you know, kind of what I was mm-hmm. thinking about is I was thinking about how Matt was saying only 2% of the kids will then attend mass if only 36% of the dads, right? I mean, that's so grieving to my heart. Wow. But then not only do they not attend mass, but then they don't know how to use their gifts to serve. And so my husband's leadership in this ended up helping my son go. And he spent five weeks before he went off to college as a servant leader in Nicaragua, um, working, working his little tush off, you know, out there, um, setting up the work sites and in the, in the hot and, um, helping minister the, the missionaries who are coming down. So it's pretty cool, um, to see that as dads step in, as men step in, they really set that stage for other people to be servant leaders as well. I think that's beautiful. And, you know, I think that that's the, I mean, within the teachings of the church, we have an authentic snapshot of, Mm you know, of Jesus and what it means to be a real man and a real leader. And I think the, uh, the, one of the, um, one of the just sad, I think, truths of pop culture is that, um, you know, how badly, uh, 
masculinity gets distorted within yeah. mass media, within popular media. You know, I mean, if you just look, it's, it's, you know, um, just ch- chastity is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's all about, um, using other people mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, having more partners and objectification. I mean, you look at that, it's just so prevalent. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's, there's no, I think for, for I've, you know, will say personally, you know, I struggled um, a while ago with, with sexual integrity and by the grace of, you know, the good Lord and another 12-step group, I've had over 10 years of freedom from that life. But I'll just say that, you know, I've, when I stepped into living a life of purity, it, you know, it, it kind of turned the cell signal between God and myself up from Boost Mobile to Verizon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Verizon will appreciate Verizon, that. Yeah, parallel. there we go. We are not sponsored by I think we're Charity Mobile actually. Maybe I should swap that in. But uh you know, I, I'll just say that, that I think that like walking authentically with Jesus, you know, my my worst day in an authentic relationship with Christ is infinitely more meaningful than my best day mm. outside of that, right? And so, you know, like Matt brought up, the sacraments are not there to condemn, the teaching of the church are not there to condemn or, or, or tie us up. They're there to help us walk in true, authentic freedom and be better leaders, better disciple or disciples and, and uh, better shepherds. Like like our new archbishop we have. Yeah, that's perfect. That's beautiful. You know, and you remind me of something I heard um, Bishop Barron say this morning during his daily mass and the readings from today talk about surrendering ourselves to the light of Christ. Um, that, you know, when we're in the darkness, we're just kind of stumbling around, you know, for a while you were stumbling around. I was, I've been stumbling yeah. around at you know, times in my life as well. But when the light is turned on, we can actually see, see clearly, yeah. right? Like you said, that signal is boosted. We can see clearly. So we're just really called to surrender ourselves to the light of Christ. And when we do that, when we live lives in the light of Christ, we are reminded to do things like taking care of the poor, um, evangelizing and teaching, praying for other people, worshiping God, and and going out and sharing the good news. And so that's what we're doing here today is we continue to want to share the good news with you of um, just this full life that you can have in Christ, the fact that you can focus on Him, that He does have answers for you, that He loves you so much, that He sacrificed Himself on the cross for you. And that um, you have some power, you have the power of being able to walk in his light and to serve others and to serve the poor and Mm. to pray um, for other people. And we are going to pray. We've got one more listener request that just came in. And, and you know, Josh, it just speaks to what we were talking about, about men stepping up and being supportive and Mm -hmm. encouraging and and life-giving. But in this case, there's a mom whose name is Michaela, and she is just over 16 weeks pregnant. And last week, she made the brave step to walk out of an abortion clinic, and she chose not to have an abortion, but right now, she's wavering again. And I just Mm. pray, we just pray right now, Lord, that you would be with Michaela. Um, We just pray for protection, for her protection, and for this baby's protection, and for for men to surround Michaela who are um, men who want life, and who want light, and who are... um, Whatever man was involved in this, that he would come, he would support her in um, in keeping this child and just being a man of God and oh, walking into the light of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you that um, we do have brave people out there who are who are speaking truth and light into young women's lives, young women who are who are challenged um, with with things like this. And there is a lot of darkness right right now out there, Lord, but um, we know that you have overcome, you have overcome all of it. And through you, we can walk into light and we can overcome it as well. 
So, dear listeners, we thank you for being on this journey with us. Um, we thank you for that being on this journey and for praying with us and um, and for continuing to look for those opportunities that you can shine the light of Christ um, out there and help in all the ways that you're being called to help, that you can be both men and women full of light and integrity, and that you can walk out your calling as as faithful um, followers of Christ that you can evangelize and that you can share the hope that comes from from trusting in him. And um, today we also say and thank you for that opportunity to have a special thanks for our brand new Archbishop as well. So unfortunately, our hour is coming to a close. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, don't worry. You can listen on the Quest Atlanta app or online at thequestatlanta.com. And um, thank you for joining us for this hour of sheltering in peace Stay tuned and pray with us as the Angelus is coming up next.